Acts chapter 17, verse 6. And when they could not find Paul and Silas, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Which dangerous idea has the greatest potential to change the world for the better? Uh, this was the question put to the panelists at the end of a show called Q&A uh, during the festival of dangerous ideas a number of years ago. The atheist homosexual panelist launched into his dangerous idea that abortion should be mandatory for the next 30 years to reduce the growing population that the world could not hold. The feminist, Germaine Greer, expressed nothing new, just freedom for every human being. When the moderator asked Peter Hitchens, his answer clearly startled the others. He said, and I quote, The most dangerous idea in human history and philosophy remains the belief that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and rose from the dead, and that is the most dangerous idea you will ever encounter. Uh, the moderator didn't appear to understand the, the danger of the resurrection, so uh, he asked, uh, why dangerous? Uh, to which Mr. Hitchens replied, because it alters the whole of human behavior and all our responsibilities. It turns the universe from a meaningless chaos into a designed place in which there is justice, there is hope. And therefore, we all have a duty to discover the nature of that justice and work towards that hope. It alters us all. If we reject it, it alters us all as well. It is incredibly dangerous, and that is why so many people turn against it. End quote. Uh, Mr. Hitchens is right. Resurrection of Jesus is the most dangerous idea. If true, as I, I, I want to persuade you, it really turns our world upside down. And its impact is so great that many people turn against it. And such turning away from resurrection is what we have seen in Australia in recent years, hasn't it? Uh, we have domesticated Jesus' resurrection uh, with Easter bunnies and chocolates, uh, the head parades at schools and holidays. Uh, for majority of the Australian population, whatever else you talk about in Easter, well, it's not about Jesus' resurrection and its significance and impact on your life and my life. But the message of Jesus' resurrection, its warning and challenge, uh, it's too dangerous to domesticate. And also, its impact and promise is too revolutionary to neglect. And such was the conviction of the Apostle Paul. Uh, look with me, Acts chapter 17, verse 1 again. Now, uh, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, uh, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them, from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. Uh, Paul traveled through all of Asia Minor and Europe proclaiming Jesus' resurrection. Such was its impact. Uh, have a look at the map that was given uh, for you in, inside your outline. Uh, look where he traveled. He, he, he started off his journey from Jerusalem, the bottom right corner, to Damascus, all the way up to Damascus, which is the modern-day Syria. Then he traveled all the way up to Antioch and Troas, uh, modern-day Turkey, uh, then to Greek city of Amphipolis and Apollonia, as we find him in Acts chapter 17, verse 1, 
then to Berea and Thessalonica in verse 10, all the way to Athens in verse 16. Uh, For Paul, the resurrection of Jesus changed his life forever, and it challenges the world, whole world, upside down. This is not a message uh, that is culturally bound. This is not a message that is simply for some people. It is for all people, and it really challenges the whole world upside down. Well, the resurrection of Jesus testifies that Jesus is the Christ. That's the first point, isn't it? Uh, The Christ, the Messiah, God's chosen king over God's kingdom. That's the message that Paul was proving in verse 23. Uh, Jesus' resurrection was not a random miracle. Uh, I think that's the point that even Christians often misunderstand. Uh, uh, we, we speak of Jesus' resurrection as simply, wow, look, look, a dead person ri- uh, rose from the dead. What a miracle. God must exist, so you should believe in God. Uh, while it is true that resurrection is a miracle, a unique event that is unparalleled in human history, the challenge of Jesus' resurrection is not simply that he rose from the dead. Uh, but look at verse 2 and 3 again. But that he rose from the dead as the Son of God, the Christ. Right? Uh, think about it. Imagine that uh, first Easter morning, if rather than Jesus, his followers and the women, the witnesses, uh, had encountered some other random person risen from the dead. Uh, perhaps one of the two thieves who had been crucified next to Jesus for uh, their crime. Would the mere fact that there had been a miracle, uh, even one so great as a resurrection, be enough to have launched what we now know as Christianity? Certainly not. Uh, For the significance of Jesus' resurrection and his gospel are now found in there describing some random miracle, but because of who it happened to. Jesus, whose birth, whose life, whose teaching whose death and resurrection perfectly and finally fulfilled all of God's promises made through thousands of years in the Old Testament. Uh, God has promised his people in the Old Testament that one day God will send his Messiah, that that is what Christ is, uh, God's chosen king, his son, who will live a perfectly obedient life, unlike Israel, unlike every other human being who has lived and ever will live, And and he will teach people what God desires. And he will ultimately die for the sins of the people and rise from the dead to declare his victory over all things. Psalm 16, which we read, is one of such Old Testament prophecies that looked forward to that day when God will raise his Messiah from the dead and make him sit at his right hand as the ruler of God's kingdom forever. So what Paul was doing was, Look at the Old Testament scriptures and all that God has promised to do. This is what happened to Jesus Christ, including and climaxing in his defeat of death, rising in resurrection, triumphant. So Jesus' resurrection is not a standalone testimony, as if if that was the case. What's the point of having all the other 65 books in the Bible? Uh, But the climax of all of God's testimony uh, resurrection is significant because, of, because it happened to Jesus, not anybody else. And that is what Paul is declaring. This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Now, 
how does that challenge our world? Well, much in every way. Jesus challenges the moral, uh, religious moralism of our world in his resurrection. Now, people who say, I love Jesus as an inspiring human being, as a moral teacher, for his good ethics, but not anything else, not anything more. Well, this Jesus, whom we proclaim on this Easter day, he's not a mere moral teacher, whom you can treat as one of your inspiring teachers among many. No, he is the risen and conquering Christ, the Son of God, God's Messiah. He's appointed king over the whole universe. Jesus challenges the relativism of the world in his resurrection as the Son of God. He's not just a God that works for you and doesn't work for another person. Uh, he, he's not just someone whom you treat if it is relevant to your life and seems to make you feel good. No, he is the Christ. That is the objective truth. That is what he is declaring in his resurrection. He is God's one and only son. No one comes to the Father except through him. He is the only way, only truth, and only life. Jesus challenges the pluralism of the world. Jesus, is, Jesus Christ is not one God among many. Jesus challenges on Easter Day. What he's challenging is, he's challenging the lies of Muhammad and Islam. That says Jesus was simply one of many prophets and that he didn't really die. Jesus challenges the ignorance of the Judaism in his resurrection as the Son of God. Jesus exposes all the isms of the world upside down on this Easter day. As he says, there is no other Christ. There is no other Messiah. There is no other name in heaven or on earth by which you can be saved. Other than that of Jesus whom we proclaim today as the Christ. Now this is an offensive word to our world's ear isn't it? But this is the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what we proclaim every Easter. This is what we declare, to each, time, declare each time we gather. This is our hope, that he is the Christ. Paul explains further about the significance of Jesus the Christ, his resurrection in the final verses of his speech at Areopagus. Uh, look down now to uh, verses 30 to 31. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now God commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Uh, now the role of Christ in the Old Testament among all things among many things, one of his fundamental role is to judge the world under God in righteousness and remake the world as God originally intended the world to be. So Psalms such as Psalm 2 speaks of God's king in this way. Uh, if you have the Bibles with you, feel free to uh, 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 flip to Psalm, uh, Psalm 2. And this is what it says. Why do the nations rage and peoples plot in vain? Yeah, that's what our world is on about. Raising against God, 
raising their fist against God, rebelling against God. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, that's the Christ, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. What does God do against the rebellions of the world? He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in the horizon. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king, my Christ, on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. I'll make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. The resurrection of Christ, God's king, means that the day of God's judgment is coming. There is a, there is a world beyond this life, and God had set a day by raising his Christ from the dead. Uh, this is the dangerous message of Jesus' resurrection. Now, I know we, we're used to saying Jesus' resurrection is a great news, good news. Yes, it is good news, but it is also dangerous news, and you must respond rightly. God's risen king will judge the world at the end of human history. Uh, contrary to the popular beliefs of our world, that says, uh, this world is all there is. Life is short, therefore live with gusto. Uh, tick off all your boxes. Don't let anyone get in the way of what you want to achieve. Life is what you make of it. The risen Christ challenges the secularism of our world. No, there is a life beyond this world. And the day of judgment, when all will have to give an account of how they responded to their life and how they used their life before their God and their maker, their savior and their judge. What else? Jesus challenges the karma of Hinduism in his resurrection. The world will not go around in a circle forever. You will not simply reincarnate and just live happily ever after. There will be an end. God will not let sinful world go on forever. Every human being who has ever lived and ever will live must give an account of their lives before the risen king because Christ has risen. The risen Christ challenges the self-determination of our culture. This is my life. That's a, this is my life. I'll do it my way. I'll live whatever way I like in however way I feel. No. Jesus will determine what is right and wrong. You will be judged by his righteousness, verse 31. That is, whether you have lived your life in line with God's standard. None of us get to determine what is right and wrong in God's world. God will determine it. God will determine what is good and evil, what is right and wrong, which fundamentally involves 
whether you have lived your life with Jesus as your king or not. You cannot be on God's side whilst rebelling against his son, his Messiah, his Christ. What else does Jesus challenge in his resurrection? Well, to the short-sightedness of our world that encourages us to indulge in every selfish ambition and pleasures, the risen Christ challenges, saying, actually, you don't only live once. That's a deceitful lies of Satan. Live once, so go and make as much as you can. No, Jesus says, you live twice. Once, very short here on earth. But the second life... It'll be for eternity. Live for eternity. Not simply for the fleeting pleasures of this world, which is here today and gone tomorrow. You will be judged. So live wisely. Live righteously. The judgment of Jesus Christ is the last thing our world wants to hear. Many in our day and age react against Jesus' resurrection just as they did uh, back in Acts chapter 17. We, we, we like to think about how uh, we live in this secular age and people are moving away from Christianity, but there's nothing new. Humanity has always risen against God and his Christ. Uh, in Acts chapter, chapter 17, you see uh, Peel, uh, uh, Paul getting persecuted, driven out, because they don't want to hear about it. Uh, many in our day and age do the same, ridiculing and mocking resurrection in the name of scientism, censoring and shaming the message of judgment in the name of tolerance. How dare you incite hateful speech? Or simply ignoring it because the challenges of resurrection feels too uncomfortable. Oh, I'd like to know that, but I'm a bit too busy at the moment. And perhaps... It may have been the last thing you expected to hear or you want to hear this morning. I've noticed that not a few Christians are embarrassed about the message of Jesus' resurrection and his coming judgment these days. But brothers and sisters, I want, I want us to be reminded and convicted that the, mess, the gospel without judgment of Jesus Christ is no gospel at all. Gospel without the just God is no gospel at all. There's no power in that. There is no salvation in that. The resurrection of Jesus Christ challenges our world upside down. But the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the only gospel that puts your life, my life, and our world right side up, even as it challenges. How does Jesus put the world right side up by his resurrection? Well, firstly, risen Christ establishes kingdom of righteousness by his judgment. That's what he's doing in his judgment. All of us, you and I, we long for justice. Uh, Even on the road, driving, if someone jumps the queue, we are outraged. It is not right. The queue jumper should not treat other people with such selfish indifference. Uh, People crave justice. We pursue people in their 80s and 90s for their part in the Holocaust. Because we cannot bear to think that these people should get away with the evil that they have committed. We cannot bear to think that injustice should go unpunished. We feel that we owe it to the victims to judge their oppressors. 
I once heard a story from a friend uh, of a time when he spoke on God and suffering in this world, and afterwards he got into a heated debate with an atheist. Uh, then a woman who was listening in said, what troubles me is that there is just so much injustice and evil in the world, and there's nothing we can do about it, and the world just goes on and on. To which my friend replied, well, if you believe this man, the atheist, that is the way it is. If you believe this man, yes, evil go unpunished. Bad luck. That's the life we live. If there is no God, if there is no God of justice, then our corrupt world, full of injustice and violence, is all there is, and there is all, all our hope. Without the resurrection of Christ, without his judgment, people who commit evil and injustice simply get away with it. Our world will never be put right. It'll never be put right side up. Uh, Don't you long for a day when the world will be full of justice and goodness, righteousness, holiness, love, people speaking the truth, Don't you want God who hates evil and who will create a world full of goodness and life where death will no longer have sway upon our lives, where we will no longer cry, mourn at the evil reality of death that separates humanity? Well, the resurrection of Christ is God's promise to us that he will put the world right side up. He will not leave this world in this sense forever. He will put it right in justice and righteousness, goodness, holiness. The resurrection of Christ is God's seal that sin and evil will not have a final say in your life and my life, and in this world. That's not the final chapter of our book. Sin will be demolished. Evil will be defeated. And Jesus and his people will rise victoriously, dwelling in his God's forever kingdom, seeing God face to face, You see, Christ putting the world right side up in justice by his judgment means that human life matters. Our lives and our actions, the words that we speak, are not meaningless. They matter to God. And that it means we matter to God. In fact, our lives matter so much to God that as we heard on Good Friday, Christ died for the forgiveness of our sins. And that is what the resurrection of Jesus presupposes, doesn't it? Resurrection of Jesus means that he rose from the dead. And that's what Paul says in Acts chapter 17, verse 3, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. Why did Jesus suffer and die? Well, because he loved us. Because he didn't want to leave us in our sin, evil, injustice forever. 
ruining ourselves and ruining the world God has created for our good. The one who will judge the world is also the one who died for you and my sins. The one who, who is judging the world, who will judge the world in righteousness, is the only one person who endured the most heinous, unjust, unjust, evil crime upon his shoulders and who was obedient to God even unto death. That is why he is the rightful judge of this world. That is why we can trust him that his judgment is good news, that his judgment will be just. No point of evil will go unpunished. And that those who put their trust in this Jesus, the Christ, as their Lord, will not face condemnation. Why? Because he is just. He died for the sins of his people. Those who put their trust in him will not face condemnation. God guarantees that. That is also the meaning of resurrection. The risen Christ is the only one who can put you and my life right side up, in right relationship with God, our creator, and our maker. And to all who confesses the risen Jesus as the Son of God, not, not simply as a teacher, moral teacher, not just as your God, no, it's the Son of God. To all who confesses the risen Jesus as the rightful judge and ruler of God's coming kingdom, Jesus promises forgiveness and reconciliation with God. Jesus promises resurrection and life everlasting under Jesus' righteous rule in God's kingdom. That is the hope and promise of the risen Lord Jesus to us today. What a wonderful news is Jesus Christ, the Christ's resurrection and his coming judgment. But for the resurrection of Jesus to be good news to you, friends, you must respond rightly. Jesus' resurrection was the best news for Paul. Uh, He rearranged all of his life to serve his king and live in light of the hope of God's coming judgment and his kingdom. But it is bad news for those who set themselves against this king. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. The king is coming to establish justice, to hold every human being accountable for their actions, thoughts, and lives whether we have submitted to our maker, our savior, and our judge. That is what the gospel declares. Well, how will you respond to risen Lord Jesus, to his challenge and warning, and his promise and hope? Uh, perhaps, we, uh, perhaps you may be someone who has heard the challenge and promise of the risen Lord Jesus for the first time today. Uh, If that is you, good on you for coming in and finding out, but find out more about it, like the Bereans in verse 11. Uh, You see that? Now these Jews were more noble uh, than those in Thessalonica. They didn't simply shun Paul because uh, the message of judgment was intolerant and they didn't want to hear about it. They thought, oh, if this is true, it's really important that I I, uh, exercise responsibility to find out about it. So they received the word with all eagerness and they thought, we'll examine the scriptures. Let's see if this is true. And afterwards, many of them believed. Perhaps that's what maybe you need to do. 
uh, tell your friend or family member who brought you this morning that you'd like to find out more about it, that this uh, challenging world, word of resurrection, whether it is true or not. But whatever you do, please do not ignore the resurrection of Jesus. Do not let the busyness of life get in the way of learning the risen Lord. That is to live life uh, wrong way up. Rearrange your life so that you can find out about Jesus and his resurrection and his coming judgment. It may sound very arrogant, but I want to say this is the most urgent news for you to figure out in your life. Okay, whatever life you're living, this is the most urgent news for you. This is the most relevant news for you. And this is the only news that can change your life right side up. But you may also be someone who already confesses Jesus as the Son of God and who is ready to confess him today, once again. If so, please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our risen, conquering Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not grasp equality with you, something to be enjoyed and benefited for his own benefit, but he took on the form of a servant, coming down to earth to live in our place, perfectly obedient to you, and die a shameful and cruel and unjust death for the forgiveness of our sins. And that you have accepted his offering and sacrifice and raised him victoriously, highest of all heavens, and seated, at, seated him at your right hand. Lord, we thank you for his resurrection. Thank you for the assurance that you will judge the world in righteousness. That evil and sin and cruel death will not have the final say in the chapter of our lives. That when he comes back, he will raise all your people to life and welcome us into everlasting kingdom of righteousness, holiness, and goodness. We long for that day, Lord. And until that day, help us to stand firm in this hope of resurrection explaining, declaring, proclaiming to all around us so that they would also heed to this warning and turn to you and find forgiveness and salvation in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.